to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 275 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we're going to be talking about insertional Achilles tendonitis or retrocalcaneal bursitis. I'm going to go through a little brief anatomy review. We'll talk about some causes of Achilles tendonitis and retrocalcaneal bursitis, and we're also going to go through some differential diagnosis and so much more. Now, you know, these diagnoses are so common, uh, but can oftentimes get, I don't know, mistaken with the uh, during the differential diagnosis. So I thought we'd talk about that today. I've had a couple patients with this, and I do change my treatment a little bit, although some people think you can treat them the same. Uh, I think that looking into the cause is very important and then uh, modifying that treatment, you know, can make a difference from one to the other. So, um, you know, first things first, uh, you know, what we can do to make this easier is to understand that cause first. But I I think that we should go through a little anatomy, which will be really simple and straightforward. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that posterior heel. I know there's a lot more than that that's involved here, but I think just understanding that anatomy can really help drive us forward. So um, if we look at the back of the heel, you know, you have this retrocalcaneal tubercle. That tubercle is where your Achilles insertion is and attaches. Um, sometimes that tubercle can become a little bit larger and become more of a larger spur or exostosis, which could be, uh, you know, an obvious issue. Um, you also have this retrocalcaneal bursa, which sits just above the calcaneus and just anterior to the Achilles, so it can get kind of pinched in that area. Now, the bursa that we see more irritation with is the subcutaneous calcaneal bursa, which is more along the posterior heel between the Achilles and the skin, so subcutaneous calcaneal bursa. Okay, so pretty simple stuff here. The other, um, you know, factor, anatomical factors you need to think about here is if somebody has posterior heel pain, you need to rule out a stress fracture. You need to rule out sievers. So doing a simple calcaneal squeeze test from side to side can certainly identify that. Um, And you need to remember when you're squeezing that calcaneus medial and laterally, Together, you're not touching the Achilles, you're not touching that subcutaneous bursa. So um, if they're getting some irritation, it certainly wouldn't be one of those diagnoses. So remember that as you're doing your evaluation. So what are the causes of subcutaneous calcaneal bursitis and Achilles tendonitis? Well, I want to start with the bursitis first. You need to think about this bursa as a non-contractile tissue. It doesn't take up any load. Um, it is there. It's a fluid-filled sac, um, oftentimes really, really thin if it's not inflamed or irritated. Um, doesn't really have a ton of fluid. No, we see pictures of this, and, and you can look in any anatomy book. It'll all look different. It looks like there's a water balloon of fluid there. It's really not like that at rest and in a normal person. It's more like a, a water balloon that is empty, and it's just the two parts of the balloon touching each other. It's a little wrinkly, um, and, it's, and it's more of that type of tissue. But when it does get inflamed and irritated, it can start to swell and become more puffed out. Um, so the m- more often you will see as a cause to bursitis some sort of a physical direct irritant, okay? 
somebody buys a brand new pair of leather boots and a week to two weeks later they develop this retrocalcaneal pain. There's a lot of rubbing going on there. Maybe that tissue in the back of the shoe behind the heel is unforgiving um, and causes a lot of friction and we see this quite often. We also see uh, this in people who don't unlace their shoes. So they just take the other foot and they pull the back of the shoe off uh, as they're removing their shoes or they jump into their shoes without unlacing them and relacing them. And so they're just rubbing and scrubbing the back of that bursa in the back of that heel quite a bit. And just that alone can cause some irritation and inflammation and cause quite a bit of pain. The other thing that we will see here, uh, and I see this quite often and as as quite a big cause to this is a tight calf muscle. So what does a tight calf muscle have to do with this? Well, when you are in your mid stance to terminal stance phase of gait, if your calf is tight, it's going to pull the heel up faster out of the back of the shoe. And therefore you end up with this pistoning effect, you know, this you know, that rubbing up and down of the I couldn't I don't know if you could hear that or not. That's my dry hand right there, um, which is supposed to mimic the pistoning of the heel on the back of the shoe going up and down, and it just gets, you know, repetitively irritated. Now, lots of impact on the back of that heel or maybe driving a lot and the heel is resting on the uh, bottom of the car near the accelerator and it's just putting pressure on there all the time can aggravate that also. So those are the you know biggest causes of a bursitis in the back of the heel. And you can also get a bursitis secondary to Achilles tendonitis. So if the insertion of the Achilles becomes inflamed and irritated acutely, it can certainly aggravate that bursitis and you can have both of them, okay? So that is a nice little transition into Achilles tendonitis. Now, we need to remember that the Achilles is the largest tendon in the body. It accepts a lot of load, uh, and as a result... um, you know, it can become irritated, it can become inflamed, especially if there is a sudden increase in activity. You know, you've got a runner who likes to run two, three miles uh, at a time, and uh, they're having a great day one day, and they say, you know what, I'm going to push this a little bit, and they might jump up to six miles, and then get a little excited about getting that increased mileage, and then start to develop some inflammation of the Achilles at the insertion, which sits right there near that bursa, um, and all of a sudden we've got this increased discomfort. You know, maybe somebody has a new job. They used to work sitting at a desk, and all of a sudden they are now on their feet all all day long, putting a lot more tension on that Achilles. Uh, Maybe they have some foot deformity uh, where they have pes planus and some calcaneal eversion. And uh, oftentimes, that is enough to uh, make a difference in regards to how that Achilles functions. It doesn't like to bow side to side. It likes to go up and down, right? And uh, we've talked about this, and I'm going to be doing a a webinar on Achilles tendinopathy soon. We'll talk about that ringing effect of the Achilles and uh, why that contributes to Achilles issues. Um, So the other thing you should remember is the type of shoe that people wear if they wear a a boot with a narrow heel let's say and that is unstable and rocks side to side a lot that can be an, an adjutant to the distal achilles and then you know people develop it you know, or have direct injury to the posterior achilles at the insertion at the back of the heel um, maybe they uh, i see this happen a lot construction workers trying to push something back with their foot in their boot and so maybe it's a brick or a block or something like that and they just want to move it back and so 
so they use that heel as a tool and um, that causes an irritation inflammation and then it just kind of sets it off so how does the bursitis and the distal achilles tendonitis present itself differently well typically your bursitis will um, present with some swelling right on the back side of that heel. It could even go down uh, underneath the heel a little bit, but usually it's super posterior. It's right at that insertion of the Achilles. But that swelling will be um, very puffy and very quote-unquote mushy. Okay, that's kind of the one of the differentiating factors. When your Achilles is inflamed, it's a little bit different. You can still feel the Achilles tendon. It's a little tougher. Um, but when you have an inflamed bursa on in the back of the heel, it's so exposed to the skin that it just jumps right out, almost like a, an olecranon bursitis or a prepartellar bursitis. Um, very, very mushy and thin under the skin type of feeling. Um, it may be red. It may be irritated, you know, from inflammation and more oftentimes from the rubbing because it's now enlarged. It's now rubbing more on the back of the shoe, causing more trouble. It'll be a little bit warm back there because of that inflammation and swelling. Um, and it's not necessarily painful to stretch or contract the Achilles. Remember, it's a non-contractile tissue. So what I do is I stretch that patient and I ask him if it hurts, and I, I, which is a stretch into dorsiflexion. Then I'll have them push really hard into my hand into plantar flexion, see if it aggravates it. I'll even have him get up and stand and um, do some, uh, you know, single-legged calf raise, heel raises, and see how they do with that. Now, the other thing that you'll notice is that these people will be tender to touch and oftentimes will be more painful when they have shoes on and be better when they don't, okay? These folks like to wear an open back shoe or a clog or something like that just so there's no pressure back there. You'll see that happen a lot more with people who have retrocalcaneal bursitis than, or subcutaneous bursitis than people who have distal Achilles tendonitis, all right? Now, the people with Achilles tendonitis, that tendon will be tender to touch, Okay, and that's to poke on it, not squeeze it, because the Achilles is really susceptible to being tender anyway in the normal uh, patient when you squeeze it side to side. It could be painful to stretch, and it could be painful to contract. And they usually are in the acute phase, but you won't see that as much in the tendinopathy phase. Okay, but we'll be talking about tendinopathy at a separate time. Today, we're just talking about this acute, you know, irritation to the back of the heel. Um, the swelling back there, again, won't be so quote-unquote mushy like a uh, retrocalcaneal bursitis. And um, they're pretty much uh, just as painful with shoes on or off, okay? So we don't see that the back of the shoe is as big an irritator, but if the back of that shoe drives into the Achilles... Or if they plant our flex a lot and it pushes the back shoe into the Achilles and it causes more irritation, you need to take that into consideration. All right. Um, again, you should really rule out sievers and a stress fracture if you're suspicious of that. You know, get some x-rays, get a bone scan. Um, but do that calcaneal squeeze test from side to side and that will, um, you know, tease those uh, in or out really easily. So how do I like to treat these? Well, I am big on iontophoresis with dexamethasone sodium phosphate for that acute, you know, um, subcutaneous bursitis. Uh, I love to compress these. So what I do is I take a pre-wrap, I'll do a figure eight wrap around the ankle and pull that around that calcaneus a little bit with the pre-wrap. Then I'll take some Coflex and I'll do basically the same thing. 
Now, when I co-flex the patient, just to put some compression on that area, I take into consideration, can I control the medial arch like I would with an orthotic? Can I control the heel while I do this wrap? But the big thing I'm going for here is that when I come around the back of that heel, I'm giving that a pull so that we have this posterior to anterior push on the bursa. And I kid you not, it's one of those things where when patients come in and they've had treatment, maybe they didn't get the wrap one day, uh, and then the next time they come in to get the wrap, they demand it every day after that, okay? It's a game changer. It really buys them some time. Some of them will keep it on all day long just to get some relief. So basically what we're doing is we're compressing it, um, trying to get some of that swelling out of there, but it's also decreasing the friction between the skin and the boot so the friction is happening between the coflex and the boot or the shoe and uh, people get some great relief with that so if there's ever a, a compression type sleeve out there that can mimic the wrap then that's great they can wear it all the time um, I'm also big on making sure that uh, they unlace their shoes or boots every time they put their, their shoes and boots on. I have them put the toes in first, try to push that in as far as possible so that the back of the heel doesn't rub really hard on the way down. Um, and then I have to be thinking about you know, treating the underlying cause. Now, is there something else causing, causing this bursa to be flared up? Is there a, a, a big spur back there at that, you know, Achilles insertion causing this irritation? Maybe that requ that requires, you know, a, a, an exhaustosis or a, a removal of that, that spur. Uh, and, um, you know, then I look at the Achilles tendon. Is the Achilles tendon also inflamed and irritated? And we've got a, a double whammy here. Um, so as far as that Achilles tendon goes, the first thing I want to do is figure out, well, why did they get this? Is it because of an overuse? Is it because that calcaneus is rocking side to side? Um, so do I want to control that? And I usually do. I like to put people into an orthotic. Um, my... If, if people have severe calcaneal eversion and pes planus or flat foot, I really like to put them into a custom orthotic. That way I can put them exactly where I want them in subtail or neutral, support that heel, cup it so that when they strike the floor, it doesn't drive into calcaneal eversion so much. Um, I, and if somebody doesn't want to go to the custom route, you know, or it takes two weeks to get the custom orthotic, you want to get them in something quicker, I, I definitely jump into the Tread Labs. I wear them myself. My whole family wears them. Uh, and it really does a great job. They're low profile and supports the arch and stabilizes that heel. So uh, that's kind of my go-to for it. Um, unless I feel I need something that's very accommodative, uh, then I'll put them into something like a Mega Comfort insole or something really soft like uh, just a, a straight-up accommodator is called um, but then the other thing I want to look at is, you know, how many steps is this person uh, taking in the course of a day? Are they doing a lot of running? Are they, you know, on that heel a lot and on that foot a lot? Is there a lot of impact there? So I might decrease uh, the number of those steps or decrease their running mileage. Uh, maybe I'll stop them from running and get them, you know, onto a bike and have them do some biking instead or some swimming or, you know, even an elliptical or, um, you know, a rowing machine that can really still, you can push with the heels and not really stress that Achilles too much, uh, you know, acutely. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are always helpful. Um, again, I'm big on iontophoresis. I'm not big on injections, obviously, uh, near the Achilles tendon because that can, you know, uh, cause a high risk of rupture. But uh, the iontophoresis I've just had really good success with because there's not a lot of fat there. There's not a lot of muscle there. Uh, it's skin 
tendon, bursa, and that gets absorbed really well in that area. Um, so with that being said, if I were to do something like Voltaren or a cream that has some sort of an anti-inflammatory in it, that would be a good a good place to do it because it just can get to that area a little bit better. Um, if you're going to start into some exercise, you need to remember that you don't want to be doing a lot of repetitive uh, plantar flexion, dorsiflexion. But I like to start with some gentle isometrics into plantar flexion. If you're looking at... Um, promoting arch support and calcaneal support, then you can start with your, you know, anterior tib, your posterior tib muscles, your, um, you know, toe intrinsics, doing toe grasps and trying to get that arch support um, stabilized. You can do all of that without agitating that Achilles tendon. So acutely, that is kind of how I identify Achilles tendonitis versus the subcutaneous calcaneal bursitis. Um, that is um, also how I like to um, differentiate between the two of them and treat them. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, you know, podcasts are free. And um, so take advantage of all this information. Go ahead and use it. That's why I do it. All right. Um, I hope you all have a great day. Be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.